1: Hi, I'm Matt and I'm Bowen and we want to introduce you Let's get into it. Look, man. Oh, I see. Wow. Oh, my. Bone, oh, look over there. Wow, is that Ooh, culture? Uh, yes. Oh my goodness.
4: Oh,
0: wow.
1: yeah. wow.
4: <laughs> Las Culturistas. Ding Ding dong, dong. culture. Teresa's calling. calling.
1: And
0: how is she? Uh, She's good. I guess it's Bruce Gio clock. I'm clutching my Dale's Pale Ale in one hand. And
1: I love Dale's for you. I am drinking an Elysian Night Owl Pumpkin Ale, which is sort of crazy for, you know, the month of April. Can I ask you how long that's been sitting in your fridge? Hmm. Going on months now, Bo. You're never going to believe this, but I actually accrued about... 40 pumpkin beers. That's right. Do you remember this? I said on this podcast, you can't get a good pumpkin beer in LA. And the readers, you came through, you were sending me a fleet, a true fleet of pumpkin beers. They are still in my fridge and I'm making a dent in it today.
0: Oh my goodness. I really, I'm not, you know me, I'm not always a beer guy. Not really, no. But I feel like there's something so commanding in our guest's presence Mm -hmm. where she just she held up the most beautiful tall glass of beer I've ever seen in my life. One of the tallest glasses in America, we should say. Uh, That was one of the tallest glasses in the country.
1: It was one of the (laughs) tallest glasses I've seen in this great country of ours. And I have to say, I I thought maybe for a second we were drinking just some sort of like thick Prosecco. And then it was it was revealed to be a beer. And so we're all celebrating with some brewskis right now.
0: We are. She's off the clock from her, her quote-unquote day job, and she's Oof. relaxing with us. I mean, I aren't you so thrilled that our guest is here? This is
1: beyond. This is how I know, Bo that the podcast has, um, you know, quote-unquote, made it. Yeah. And, you know, though, despite the fact that the podcast has received critical acclaim and been cited in academic work for our insight into the entertainment industry, this I do true. have to say that this uh, may be the Highest accomplishment thus far is securing the guest.
0: I absolutely agree. Um, we are such fans of hers. We both love it. The memoir, we're holding it in our hands right now.
1: Podcasts are famously not a visual medium. If they were, you would see that we are holding the guests like just incredible book, Love Me As I Am, which is out on April, April 12th. 12th. Don't wait till the 13th, hon. If you're out there waiting, <laughs> It's not a good idea because you can go on the 12th. And get the pre-orders in, why don't you? I mean, you were saying earlier about how you ran to our guest at some sort of fancy event. And just watching you guys sort of discuss fancy pre-awards events, I was just like, Night I have befores. so much to learn. Night, Night before
0: is, is is what they're called in the biz. Yeah. I've had the pleasure of meeting her already with her producing partner, Lisa. Glam. Oh my God, Lisa was wonderful. Lisa L. Wilson, Beauvais Wilson Productions. Mm. Well, let's just, let, can we quickly just do a little, little run through of the credits for our guests?
1: It, it's like so fruitless because the, the the credit list is so stacked, but let's just go ahead and say, you, if you're a listener, a reader rather of this podcast, you certainly know our guests from The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. And when we say day job, we do mean the real, which to my eye and I, I do have sort of a ho and die, is the best panel show on television. Yes, we should
0: establish for our guests that Matt has, a, has an incredibly wide or, or, or diverse palette in terms of daytime television. And for Matt to really love The Real. The Real's the best. In a superlative way. The superlative, it's just, it's just superlative after superlative with our guests. The, be- the best daytime talk show.
1: Jamie Foxx show The House Down, Coming to America. Yes, that is a two. And of course, it's original Coming to America. I mean, That's we're talking about NYPD Blue. We're talking about, I mean, just this is, a, this is an iconic day. Wait, she's in one of my favorite, one of the most iconic episodes of
5: Curb,
0: Your Enthusiasm. There you go. With the surrogate.
1: Also part of one of the best twists in Marvel history. Okay. Oh my
0: God, you're and so right. Let's
1: not sleep on it. All right.
0: We can't. Oh my God, this actor is in the MCU.
1: You know, she's she's she, she, she was she was in the blip. I th- I think she survived the blip. Uh, we, actually, I don't know. I wonder if she knows if she survived the blip or even knows about the blip. We're
0: gonna find out. She's shaking her head. We're gonna find out. But we're <laughs> so excited she's here. The book is Love Me As I Am out April twelfth. Please welcome into your ears, Garcelle, Garcelle Beauvais. Beauvais!
4: First of all, I could listen to you guys all damn
0: day. No, it's this is a trialogue. You're in this now.
4: You are so funny. Both of you.
0: <laughs> oh, oh, thank my you. Gosh. Thank you. Hi. We are, t- do you know t- what the blip is?
4: No, I don't know what the blip is.
0: Okay, so Thanos, kind of the the big baddie in in the Avengers movies, snaps his fingers after he gets the Infinity Gauntlet, wipes out half of uh, life, basically in the universe. Oh. So half of the world it just disappears into dust, as it were. And you know, for about three to five years, I don't know what the exact time frame is. You know, the people of Earth are sort of traumatized by this crazy event, and some people survived it, and some people did But then in the end, things are all things are all good, and people come back to life.
4: Oh, well, I hope I'm not in the blip.
1: I mean, I think what we think about Doris Toombs is, (laughs) which is, of course, the character's name, um, she may have perished in the snap and come back in the blip. But so, but who's to say, really?
4: Who's to say? (laughs) Who's to say? I have to tell you guys, when I got the offer for this job, first of all, I was, like, playing on the floor with my kids, yeah uh-huh. my manager calls as you know you know that world and he calls and he goes you got a movie offer and i was like great and he goes but i don't know anything about it and i can't tell you anything about it and it's a secret project and i thought well, are you high like who are <laughs> yeah. used to that and then he goes it's marvel and i said Hang up the phone and call them right back. And uh, yes.
1: <laughs> and it was a great part. I mean, like it oh. really like it, there's that scene. So for those who, who don't know at home, you find out that Doris Toombs, the character played by Garcelle is not just the mother of Peter Parker's love interest in the film, but the wife of the villain the played villain by the v- Michael, Michael Keaton, Keaton
4: himself. Yeah. How about that? First of all, Michael Keaton is my favorite Batman Mm-hmm. Hands
0: down. Mm-hmm. Wow.
4: And so when I flew to Atlanta, we shot there. Um, I didn't even know my part. And the first day I'm in the really? chairs, Michael Keaton comes up, and he gives me this big hug, and he goes, I did good picking a wife. And I was like, what? Oh, my God. Batman? Batman? Crazy.
0: Michael, I feel like that is such a perfect, like, vibe sort of encapsulation on your career. It's like people want to work with you.
4: Crazy. I'm just a little girl from Haiti. I could have been selling coconuts. But you listed
0: in the book, like towards the end, like I got to, I get to work with all these amazing actors d- in this wide breadth of projects. And it really is like, it hit me by the end. Not that this is mm-hmm. new information to me, but I go,
4: wow, she really has had this incredible career. Right? It's oh. <laughs> Like J-Lo when she won her Icon Awards. I'm just getting started,
1: honey. Yes. No, it really feels like this is like, I mean, we've been fans for a very long time. Like, I I always remember you, even way back from the 90s, because I used to watch the Jamie Foxx show. It sometimes would be on in the house. WB. You've always just had such an incredible, like, magnetic screen presence. And I always remember seeing you on red carpets and everything. And then, to be honest, like, a couple years ago, when they said that you were joining Real Housewives of Beverly Hills... that kind of felt like a left field thing for me, but now in watching it and watching you, especially on the second season, um, really find your way. You are a great housewife. And I feel like it's like,
4: (laughs) it's like, I still can't believe I am. When people go, you're a housewife. I go, what? Yeah. I mean, really, I panicked though the week before um, they were going to start airing, you know, my season. um, I was at home and Bravo was sort of doing a recap of the past, season and i literally (laughs) freaked out and called my girlfriend and go oh my god oh my god (laughs) it's
0: incredible was it this moment where you were like you 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 saw you had the foresight in that moment to be like oh i'm gonna be on this show and i'm gonna be in these little clip super cuts Mm -hmm." going forward now yeah Yeah, that's gonna be surreal definitely
4: i mean like wow and i've said this before, like, you know, like you guys are saying about my career, I've done some incredible things here and there. I've worked with some incredible people here and there. I have never gotten more attention mm-hmm. than when the announcement of Housewives came out.
0: Yeah. I think you wrote about it in the book, too, where you were like, you know, you you know, you know, got the offer and it was this calculated risk for you to be like, do I want to do this? What, what do I gain from this? Uh, and I think you said that you gain, like, this platform being given to you and then you took that that's the thing that you took very seriously and i feel like i feel like you saying this is kind of hopefully proves out that like this was a worthwhile thing for you that like now like for you to say that like this is the thing that people know you in right now is 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 a huge deal
4: yeah it is a huge deal i mean you know the fans are just so invested in in all the franchises but i feel like Beverly Hills is like the mothership, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, it's unbelievable how people want to know what you're doing, where you're doing it. Well, I've done interviews where people go, the vase in the background is different <laughs> now. And I'm like, what?
1: Oh my gosh. They wanted the, the backstory on the vase. <laughs> right. They well, want to know the I drama with the vase. vase. I
4: used the vase as in a as a short aquarium and I had Dorit and Kyle in there. That's yes. right, the goldfish. And then, you know. So they're both
1: gone now? They're gone. You know, that's what happens with Fish. Kyle and Dorit both dead. It's the season. Perfect. It's like, it's like friendships on Housewives. They come and go. They, they change.
4: Come
1: and go. <laughs> um, but yeah, I was thinking in reading the book and and just in watching you as much as we've watched you now, like that does have to be, you know, for because I always think when someone has a successful acting career and then they go on Housewives, like it is a risk because, you know, it's sort of, opening up people to then make a va- like a judgment on you as a person Literally. and i guess nowadays everything kind of blends in a little bit more like we see people and they play roles and I guess maybe because it's social media or because the media is so sensitive now, it seems to matter less. But you have been doing this for a very long time. So that also had to be a consideration. Like, do I want to be a reality star?
4: Right. Totally. I mean, when my, um, you know, my team called and they said, you know, they're interested in you for Beverly Hills, they're like, we're going to pass. But since, you know, so many people, we just want to let you know. And mm. I was like, wait a minute, wait a minute,
2: let
4: me sleep on it. And they were like, no. And I'm like, no, 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 let me sleep on it. And you know, I've always done things sort of like outside the box in terms of like, I've written children's books, I've, yeah. you know, done television hosting for other, other shows, so I've always done other things, mm-hmm. so that for me, I just had to really sit with it, and I didn't want to travel so much, as an actor, so many things are not shot in LA, and I felt like I was oh. always away, and I have my kids half the time. And right. they were about to go to middle school. And I thought, sex, drugs, and rock and roll is knocking at our door. Mm. And I want to be home. Yeah. We talk about the sex, drugs, and the rock and roll. <laughs> so- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so when I called them back and I said, you know what? I, I want to do it. And I always feel like, I always say yes to a meeting because you never know, even if it's not for that project, but at least you get to meet new people and who knows, right? Yeah. So I was like, let's try it. Let's go for it. And then I obviously had to talk to my ex and my kids and my son, Jax goes, are we getting paid? I'm only in it for the money.
3: <laughs>
4: <laughs> and I was like, no, you're not getting paid, but I'll hook you up.
0: <laughs> there you go. He, he gets
1: yeah. something like some bump in his allowance. You know what? We forgot to mention the podcast going to bed with Garcelle.
5: <gasps> oh God. Let's talk about that.
1: <laughs> which, which, and this is another thing about the book, which I love is, the words getting my back blown out are in this book. (laughs) So if you think that we are not keeping it absolutely, you say you keep it real in the very first opening lines of the book and you fully do that. And then I love that you have a podcast which is like fully focused kind of on that topic because you talk about how it took you a very long time to sort of get to know yourself like that.
4: For sure. For sure. Listen, I grew up in a in a, a, a haitian household which is very strict we don't talk about sex we don't talk about anything really uh-huh. of, uh, that's deep or you know controversial so when i started to you know find myself realize you know who i am and what i like what i don't like um i realized you know it's liberating for women now to talk about sex and own it and you know you have songs like WAP, and, and you know yeah. like women are coming into their own <laughs> yes
1: and I also remember it was like I think it was on Housewives. It was your first lunch with Erica Jane, and I remember you asked her, "How's the How sex?
0: sex with Tom?" And oh, she, yeah, even she,
1: Erica Jane, like had to take a second to like
0: she was chewing. She was she was
1: she was chewing food. I think she was mid chewing, but you know <laughs> she she was caught off her guard. Yeah. Um, and I was just like, "Yeah, but that is the question we all want to know the answer to. It's the one we haven't asked."
4: Come on, he was eighty something, right? 81. Yeah. Yeah. Eighty one at the time, and yeah, I mean, she's a hot, hot girl. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, and I'm. I was dying to know, like, what are you doing? Are you, you know, servicing and put tucking them in, and then doing your own thing?
1: <laughs> <laughs> are you servicing and tucking them in? Honestly, what? Where? Where are we at on the uh, on the scale here? I
0: don't know. We we really don't know. But I guess that that must have taken time to build to that level of candor where you kind of just just can straight up ask someone with a camera rolling how often do you have i mean like 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 i feel like that because i because i relate as a child of immigrants as an immigrant myself like i mean we didn't we never talked about sex growing up in the house either we still don't really and (laughs) i think i'm still like unlearning a lot of that and i hope to one day ask someone
1: if
4: they're having (laughs) sex with their 80 year old
1: spouse. I think you can, Bo. I think you're there. Yeah,
4: you know, we relate on that for sure. Um, I remember when I moved to New York at 17 and I came home to visit my mom and she saw birth control pills in my purse, and she said, You've had contact. As oh. if we had, you know, we were A spiritual you know, ghost like the
1: aliens. <laughs> like you've had
0: contact.
4: And that was the extent of it.
0: And and that's it. And that's all that's all Kiki said
4: that that was that was it really. I mean, we never really talked about it. So for me, I mean, once I went to New York, I sort of like, you know, she when I say in the book, she gave me the wings to fly. That was my chance to go find who I am or at least try to figure out who I was and, Mm. you know, what I liked and what I didn't like and who I, you know, just who I became. Yeah, but it was definitely a process. You know, I wouldn't have asked anybody at 17. How's your sex life?
0: Sure. Yeah. Well, I feel like you are very honest with yourself in this book and I feel like I wonder how you had to ca- how much you had to catalog the intimate connections you would have with people because speaking of the podcast, you did write in the book how you and Jamie you had Jamie on. yeah and you guys kind of both waxed nostalgic about your time on the show and I, you you did mention in the book and this is just this is just me quoting the book that there were some like, fireworks crap like just popping backstage behind a the steamy scenes. kiss a steamy kiss a
4: steamy kiss. i mean we got to kiss as the character which was always great and jamie would always go how many takes do we have time to do and oh go, my god no, i just want to perfect my craft but that one steamy kiss was backstage and it wasn't character based and uh yeah i mean he's a great kisser he's uh He's just a great guy and, uh, but I knew you don't blank where you eat. Yes, right?
0: yes. No. I didn't
4: want to like, God forbid something happened on episode six. And right. we you know, not having a good time at work.
0: Right. You know, and not to bring Matt and I's experience into this, but I think we are, we're starting to learn that. Oh, it's like,
1: literally, wow. I, I like, I like reach for my notebook to write that down. I'm like, it's so funny. <laughs> I have this notebook here because I've been mainlining the new Brene Brown and I'm like taking notes like like, like. I'm like literally the show the atlas of your heart or whatever Yeah, the new HBO Max thing and so like it's really good and honestly Bowen you'll be proud of me tomorrow I have my and maybe you will too Garcelle tomorrow I have my very first therapy appointment ever I'm finally doing it amazing and um amazing Amazing. Amazing. and so like I'm just very interested now because I just finished a job and I have some time like you know just like you know, getting to know and just the way she breaks down emotion and everything. Mm. So love that you're gonna be you're gonna
4: become an amazing person. Not that you're not, I, but we can always improve. We can always grow. Work in progress.
1: <laughs> even like she she like she broke down emotion. She said emotion is biology, biography, behavior, and backstory. And I just think mm. even as an actor, that helps. Wow, you know yeah. that's such a interesting the four b's that tool but i, I reached down that. to to fake write down that advice to myself from you and i saw don't I had don't blink where you blink yeah blank don't blink where you eat eat eat, <laughs> eat. but Bo, you know bon and i could learn that better that's yeah. for sure that
4: should have been one of my gems
0: <laughs> oh yes the gems you have you have the gems in the in the in the back of the book they're these beautiful beautiful like encapsulations of like all, you know all of your sort of principles i guess is for lack of a better word yeah
4: um, okay, so I know you guys got the pre-copy. You have to get the actual book because the pictures in there are amazing.
1: I do want to see pictures. Tell, Tell us the, what are what are the pictures of? Tell oh us. Oh my
4: god, of everything, of me as a kid, me with Tom Ford, me with Jamie Fox, I uh, mean Michael Jordan. There's a few people in
1: there. Okay, I loved the Michael Jordan story. So Garcelle tells <sighs> a great story about basically how Michael Jordan was fully barking up her tree back in the day, and you didn't <laughs> know who he was.
4: I didn't know who he was. Unreal. Oh my God. I had the, <laughs> I had I went on a go see at Essence Magazine and uh, you know I got hired for the job. I was going for a fitting, and they said tomorrow you're working with Michael Jordan. Uh-huh. And the way they said it, I knew it was somebody that was important, but I didn't know who it was. There was no Google, there was nothing. Yeah. So I'm like, I'm so excited. G- <laughs> Cool. <laughs> no idea who he was. And with that name, Michael
1: Jordan, it could have been anyone in America. It you know what anybody. I mean? Exactly. So the next day, <laughs> he, was, he was just a tall guy to you. Like you
0: still don't know who he was? He
4: was a tall chocolate man. Uh-huh. <laughs> so he couldn't have been nicer. And the way everybody was fawning. And so after the shoot, I called home and my brother was like, Are you kidding? <laughs> oh
1: my gosh. <laughs> that is truly unreal. He was great.
0: Yes, baby girl. And the resealable bottles makes them easy to take them on the go. Bubbly Burst has antioxidant and immune support too,
1: keeping us feeling
5: great all day long. Hey, try new Bubbly Burst. Snag a job is where America goes to hire. With the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers
2: On how their improv experience helped them when shooting scenes and what it was like writing scripts for specific actors.
3: You'll also hear from crew members like the costume designers on what it was like creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Hear stories from the show's writer's room, on set antics, and more. Watch Hacks, streaming exclusively on Max, and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts.
0: Take back your finances
1: Slash chime Feels like progress. The Chime Credit Builder Visa Credit
0: Card is issued by the Bancorp Bank NA or Stride Bank NA members FDIC. Spot me eligibility requirements and overdraft limit supply. Out of network ATM withdrawal and OTC advance fees may apply. Terms and conditions apply. Go to
1: chime.com/disclosures for details. So I have a question. I think it was your first season was when you um, went out to lunch with Sheree Zampino and all of y'all's friends. And now Sheree is on the show. Yes. So, and you mentioned that you dated Will Smith. Like, was that before Sheree or or yes. like what was what yes. was the deal with yes. that?
4: Um, I think actually we talked about this the other day. I can't remember. It was after her marriage. They were divorced, mm-hmm. and he was doing Fresh Prince, and I did like four episodes of fresh friends and like that right. was two different characters it was the weirdest thing <laughs> <laughs>
1: oh you played two different characters
4: yeah and so um we liked her bring her back bring her back, bring her back. and uh <laughs> so yeah so you know i mean i was an ingenue he was single and and you know a tv star so we went out a couple of times it wasn't a long lasting um relationship but i remember one day calling him and he was in the car and his son with Cherie, were he was in the back, so uh, he picked up on the you know in the car and Bluetooth or whatever it was back in the day or speakerphone, and uh, and he said, "Hey, how you doing?" And I said, "I'm great." And I heard this little voice in the background go, "Is that Miss Jada?" Oh,
1: uh, oh my and god! That's when I was
4: like, "Okay, I'm not the only one." Exit stage left. <laughs>
1: uh, unbelievable!
4: Like you to be like, girl it is not about you you better get out of there (laughs) (laughs) it still could have been about you please if a kid knows the somebody then that person's a little bit more important
0: right but you're not gonna like fight for that spot no because it wasn't like that okay okay i get it i get it it was cash it was cash this is something pretty historic about you garcellus for there to be two actors playing one role in aunt viv you might be one of the only people in the fresh prince universe to be the same actor playing multiple parts
4: i know that was so crazy i came in as when he went to school when he got to the private school Mm. um and then i came back as a different character in the apartment when they had that big guy come in and we had to hide him i mean it was crazy It
0: Uh uh
4: it was shenanigans but it was such a cool show like You know, we didn't have a lot of shows that were for us in a way.
0: Mm -hmm. Right. And that's what made Jamie Foxx show so special is because it was one of those like jewels in the crown of, of of, 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 like black sitcoms. Totally. That's, that's, that's great. I mean, there was another, I think there's another story in the book about Eddie Murphy being like another, like one that kind of got away.
2: Yeah.
0: I mean, but, but you, you reunite with these men like that, but that's what's so like mature about this whole thing is, and so beautiful and kind of speaks to your, you know, your perspective over the years is that you can still, like, approach these people in this very professional way that still has a lot of emotion and heart and memory associated to them.
4: Thank you. I appreciate that. I mean, I think, for me, my background and the way I was raised has a lot to do with... It's like my foundation, right? So, with Eddie, we worked, you know, on Coming to America, the original. And listen, there were so many beautiful women on that set. It was like we were all hired just for that, right? (laughs) Right. I I had gone up for the lead role, which I had no business doing. I knew nothing about acting. And so, of course, I didn't get that part. But John Landis, I remember, called my modeling agency. I didn't even have an agent. And he was like, if she wants to be in the business, this is a great way for her to see what it's like and be a part of it. And it was like a three-month shoot. And so um, I decided to do it. And everybody was vying for him. I mean, you Mm. know, I'm sure... Uh one but yeah we had a really great chemistry and he was really cool and really he was such a gentleman yeah even then when he was his star was rising there was something about him that was still a gentleman and i like that
0: Mm, yeah yeah classy guy really classy guy uh, i barely sort of you know crossed paths with him when he, when he was uh, hosting SNL right, a couple years crazy. ago. But it was such like a, I mean, all of us like sat around being like, we wouldn't be here without him. You know, like this man saved the show. You know, like it would have just ended after, you know, five, ten seasons or whatever.
4: It was great to see him back on the stage. It really was, it was phenomenal to see.
1: Yeah, on- yeah. Yeah so it's, fun we, and we talk a lot about all these roles that you've played but you really do seem so comfortable being yourself on the reel and then i didn't know that was one of your ambitions like oh from God. way back was to always wanting to be a talk show host and always i mean
4: i didn't know it was a talk show host but i thought journalism entertainment yeah. you know and um i remember we had uh you know like you know how you have in school you have a channel at school and you know we'd get to go up and tell the news or whatever was happening. And I always wanted to do that. And so even before acting, and I remember my agents and, you know, my people would always say, but you're doing so well, like, why would mm-hmm. you really do that?" And at that time? People weren't really diversifying. Yeah. Um, and, right. You know, if you were an actor, you were strictly an actor. If you were a model, you were strictly that. And so I waited and waited and then finally, um, got the chance.
1: You tell a story about um, spending a week at the View. Oh my God! Oh, this I really couldn't is believe terrifying. that because it's <laughs> like you—you you do. I mean, you, everyone needs to, to to get the book to to, especially like people that listen to this podcast. Like, loved when we talked about like the ladies who punch. However, you know, people want to receive that. But, but it's—it is so fascinating. Like the View is such a integral part of pop culture, and there is that fascination about what goes on behind the scenes because you know, you hear certain things. And then I I would imagine that when you go there and you do sort of get at this in the book too, you just think it can't possibly be the reality. You know what I mean? It can't actually be that. And then it is.
4: Yeah. And what was really like the juxtaposition of both is I was in Haiti when I got the call that they wanted me to come do a, a week. So here I am in a country that, you know, there's not a lot. Mm-hmm. um and uh and the women in haiti are so prideful whether you have a nickel w- or whether you have you know more money it's just like there's a sense of pride and ownership and faithful you know hopefulness and so going from there where you know there's there's a lot of lack
2: yeah mm-hmm.
4: flying to new york where there's everything right and i and and i go and i I was just expecting like come on in Garcelle we're so excited and it was like oh who's here today (laughs) that was pretty much how it was and in a way I get the sense of there was a lot of they weren't sure who was staying there was a lot of different people in the chair so I get that but at the same time for me if someone comes into my home I'm always welcoming of course
0: of course absolutely can we get specific about some of these interactions though I mean I I guess multiple women on the on on the panel were just sort of, you know, terse for lack of a better word. <laughs> That's a good word. And it feels, I, it's it's really just. I think my I think I was just pretty agape when I was reading this. Like, oh my gosh! But I guess it's no surprise to someone like Matt, who really is well versed in in the view and and yeah, like Matt, knows what, what's like what's
4: going on. <laughs>
1: well, did I ever? T- so did I ever tell you this is our first time? Garcelle, did I ever tell you about the time? No, that's so really yes. no, but you know what? Bowen and I went to the View one time. We did, we did, and we were in the audience just because. Actually, it was because. So I'm a huge Kelly Clarkson fan, and she yeah. was she was a guest on the show. So I guess a producer on the show was like, "We can get them tickets." People that listen to this podcast have heard us tell the story, but wait,
4: I Bowen, will were say, you on SNL at the time?
1: No, the, it's it's well, it's, it's funny because it was the day
0: that I got the call that I was hired to be a writer and but oh,
4: oh, oh,
0: okay but it was, it was it was
1: a really tough day because Matt and I had both auditioned had screen tested the same year they brought they brought us both in twice and that was the day we found out that they were offering Bowen a job and not me so Aye it was. Yi yi. It was. It was. It was a lot, and we were going through it. It, it was an emotional day. Yeah. But we one the one thing that like broke the tension between us and like really made us laugh was
5: was going to the view.
1: Was going to the view, and they did this dance contest, like where all the women in the audience like did this goofy little dance, and the the crowd motivator was like all right, we're going to have the panelists are going to say who won. And and she goes, whoop, who won the dance contest? And Whoopi just goes, I don't give a fuck about this. (laughs) (laughs) It was both iconic and also filled in a lot about probably what the situation is there.
0: Yeah.
4: But (laughs)
0: it was very informative. That one moment was very informative.
4: Totally, totally. I mean, we screamed laughing. That is hilarious, and I'm sorry you didn't get it.
1: <laughs> oh, that's okay. I'm I'm doing just fine.
4: I I, I know you are. I know he you really are. is. He really um, is. I know you are. This story. I'm going to sidebar a little bit. I used to I used to uh, model with Cameron Diaz. Mm-hmm. And uh-huh. Kevin, yeah, in L.A. We used to model together, and she's the greatest girl. And I remember we used to model with this other girl named Elizabeth. And Elizabeth had a audition. For, what's the, the first movie Cameron Diaz D- did? Was it uh, a something uh, The, mask? Mary? the or mask? The Mask?
1: The Mask, maybe?
4: The mask, yeah, 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 yeah. Right. So they were supposed to hang out, and Elizabeth said to Cameron, come with me, and then we'll hang out right after. <gasps> Wait! Oh, my God, I've heard this story. Yes, and the casting director goes, are you reading for this? And Cameron goes, no, I'm just with her. And they're like, no, you need to read with her. And then Cameron becomes a big star.
1: Yeah.
0: But you sort of have that same story too where you were tagging along with a friend who was playing an extra or who, who was doing background work.
4: Yes, 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 yes. And I then that, wondered, that sort
0: of like gave you the the, 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 bug. Yeah.
4: Yeah. That totally gave me the bug. I didn't know what an extra was and he's like at $75 a day. And I was like, count me in. That was yeah. big funny.
3: Uh-huh.
4: And uh, this was in Miami. And so I did, it was an orange juice commercial and on the second day, I, uh, I had the courage to go up to one of the principal actors and it was this really pretty black girl. And I said, hey, I want to do what you're doing. And she, like Whoopi, said, I don't give a fuck. Yeah. <laughs> and so I found out who her, um, her agency was, <laughs> which is Irene Marie. And so I borrowed my mom's car, driving to Fort Lauderdale. I stopped at a red light. This is I insane. put my head out the window to check my makeup. I decided that I needed lip gloss. I'm in my purse now looking for lip gloss. A hand comes in the car, scares the shit out of me. <laughs> and it's a card. It's the woman who was in the traffic light behind me. And she's like, You should be a model. And when I look at the card, it's the agency I was going to without an appointment.
1: Unbelievable. Crazy. Yeah. That is a sign. That's one of those
0: stories though that like you don't really get anymore in the business. Now it's like people just discover people through like, you know, social media, which is right. great. But there is, I, there's something, like, so, like, legendary about something like that. And I never, I, I've known about this story, like, from reading in the book and from seeing yeah. your interviews. But I still, it just still, like, gives me a little, like.
4: Me, heart. and I lived it.
0: Yeah. Wow, it's
4: so crazy. You can't make that up.
1: It's so funny too because like I remember when I was younger and I would read stories about like, you know, so and so was discovered on the street. I remember when I moved (laughs) when when I I moved to New York at 18, Bowen and I went to NYU. And so we both moved to New York at 18, very similar, very similar age to you. And it really is when you talk about like, you know, New York City is like it's the most exciting city in the world. But when you first get there, it is so lonely and so crazy because everyone knows exactly where they're going and what they're doing. Yeah. So I remember like I said to myself, you know what, I should just do? Walk the streets because <laughs> you can get discovered. So I would go out there and, like, it was like the first week of NYU, and I would just go walk around, like, trying to look like I was somebody or going somewhere. And someone did stop me. And they what? said, Bowen, have I ever told you this? I don't think this, is the first time stop this. Um, And is Garcelle, it- did I ever tell you this? No. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, but I'm walking on the street, and someone did come up to me and was like, i'm not kidding you they were like have you ever thought of modeling and i was like literally in the back of my head i was like it's happening
0: i did it yeah it's, <laughs> it's
1: happening to me i've been in new york for less than a week and i'm being asked to be a high fashion model so yeah. i take the guy's card and obviously it's one of those like scams or just like to get like little twink twinkie boys on roofs and oh. take their shirts off so i uh. did i did unfortunately like take some like Aww. creepy photos on a roof when I was 18. So not as glamorous as your story, but I also don't know where those photos are.
4: <laughs> oh my God. We have to find those photos. That's no,
1: yeah, please. I'm going to get my people on it.
0: We all start somewhere.
4: Absolutely. <laughs>
0: Absolutely. That's Absolutely. the lesson. I
4: have to say, Bowen, I was so excited to see you. And I told you this when you know, <gasps> you the night before party. The iceberg is the funniest thing I have seen. Thank uh, you, Garcelle. I mean... I was like, "Who is this guy?" I oh, this over and over again. Great
0: that's group. so sweet. And I will say, I was there with 80 Bryant and Vanessa Bayer, Matt's co-star in this upcoming Showtime show. But the three of us were kind of like walking around, kind of like rolling our eyes, going, "Oh, whatever." It's and just there just a bunch were a of lot of A-list
4: people. stars in there, by the way.
0: At this, there point. really were. And yeah. but I just want to say that the three of us were the most excited and starstruck to see you and Lisa. And Lisa, and believe Lisa believe it was so it. wonderful. Oh, we were so excited. We like stopped. We were like telling her, we were like, "We're so on your side in all of the different
1: conflicts." This, it was
0: this the this height of season.
1: hashtag Team Grussell.
0: I oh mean, it was, it was.
4: It
3: was,
1: so and fun. I really, I, I remember they they all texted me after that because, and I'm telling you, like, on the set of my new show, which I'm on a show with Molly Shannon and Vanessa Bayer. We Molly all Molly Shannon is so
4: talented. Yeah, so talented.
1: number one. And wait till you say that. wait okay. till you see her in this. Um, but like. So they all jam about Housewives all the time and everyone is Tim Garcelle, obviously. How could you not be? But before we ask about the culture that made you say culture was for you, I did just want to ask about the experience of being on the show in that second season because I remember, like there There were more and more difficult conversations that happened, I think, your second year than your first year, yeah. Yeah, and you sure. talk in the book about um you know, your exchange with Kyle, who I've always liked Kyle on the show and really was shocked when she when she pulled that stuff on the reunion uh-huh. um when she accused you of not paying the charity yeah. um and then when you had that conversation with her, that sit down, I do actually think it changed the show so much for the better because that type of conversation really needed to be had. And then as the season progressed, I actually thought that while a lot of those conversations were successful, some of them I felt, I felt like I'm spe- I'm specifically thinking about the scene where you all were at dinner. I think it was mm-hmm. you were on, were on a trip and you and they ended up sort of like, really coming down on you to the point where you sort of broke down a little bit because they they weren't taking you um they weren't believing you when you said you felt like an other in the group yeah and I felt and this is something that I think I just I talked with you Bowen about too that the show kind of framed it as like and we finally got to know who Garcelle was more in that moment but also part of me felt like wow, you really needed to break this woman down at this dinner for oh, you to yeah. understand even a little bit. And it did feel a little vulture to me. Um, like they were waiting to break Predatory. you down in Predatory. that moment. Yeah. yeah. And we know, we know that certain women on the show play certain roles. You know, I love Lisa Rinna. I, I love watching her as a character on television, but sometimes I feel like it maybe goes a little far. Um, and I felt like that was one... Ooh. That was one instance and i wondered if you could speak to that outside of being edited on the show to say a certain thing
4: yeah 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 no you know that was really hard for me and when i kept on saying that i felt sort of like other it's because i truly felt that way i didn't of course you know anyone really reached out when you know if we're supposed to be real friends like weren't reaching out outside of the show
2: yeah i felt
4: like when i spoke it i wasn't being heard Mm -hmm. and i felt like i wasn't also sometimes being seen so it just kept on building up and building up and building up and you're right a lot of people were like it's a shame you had to break down for them to actually see you and get to know you but at the same time i feel like that helped me too it's okay because um it allowed me to let them see me be vulnerable which i think which is crazy that i needed to do that but i felt like It did make me closer to some of them, but it's a, it's a tough show. I mean, it's the hardest job I've ever had. Honestly, the only people it's me, it's not a character. I can't find it. People really care and are invested. And, um, and what's hard for me is connecting with someone and then, but not trusting it a hundred percent. Right. You know, that's, what's really hard. It's like, yeah, I can be friends with them, but do I trust them? Yeah. And you know, I've, Struck a, a great friendship with Sutton and um, and Kyle and I love that Kyle was open enough to hear me and mm-hmm. have that conversation. I really do because what I was trying to say is, and I say this in the book, the fact that she knew how to get in touch with me. Yeah, and um, you know we all chipped in to get five thousand masks when you couldn't get masks anywhere for a hospital, I and so that. we all paid for that. So like, why wouldn't I pay for this charity? And, uh, but
1: you're good for $5,000. I mean, come on, what the hell?
4: Yeah. And so, um, but when I spoke to her, I felt like she really got it. We didn't have to labor it, but being on the show, if you have a diverse, you know, housewife, how are you not going to have diverse conversations? Right. You know what I mean? And I don't think they've ever really had to have those type of conversations until I came along.
0: And th- there was a different um, tone to the conversations you were having compared to, and I-, I-, I happen to be a fan of both styles, but Crystal was having very sort of, <laughs> um, I would say not explosive, but just like, just very to the point. She was very to the point. I feel like your sort of style and approach is to offer some grace and for and some latitude for people to realize, you know, There's a difference. their actions, but, a but to also... Absolutely. But then to also bring your vulnerability into it is, is very brave. And I will say something that really stayed with me from the reunion this past season was you know, I don't know where things stand with you and Lisa now, but I think yeah. uh, Rena, but like you and Rena sort of had this pretty intense exchange. Where you were really like holding your own against you her, she was really coming you, after you, you and you you killed it. But you were, I mean, you were you were very solid and steady the whole time. And then she finally, you know, has that moment where she crosses over, sits next to you, and it's like, can we please just move on from this? And there's that pause, and I don't know, if, I don't know if it's the editing or what, but the uh, uh, there's that pause, and then the way you you just look into her eyes and say, you got it. I was like, wow, what like. What a beautiful moment of classiness and of grace and forgiveness. You talked about it in the book.
4: Thank you. I mean, yeah. you know, I've known Rinna for 20 years. You know what I mean? And uh, and I, I think a little bit of her has changed with the show. Yeah. but at the same time, I was willing to say, Okay, let's really let's really go for this, and I can't wait for you to see this new season. <laughs> I'm excited. I mean, I,
1: excited. I said I said from the beginning when they when you first had the scene with Shuri and uh, all those ladies, I was like. Where's that show? And um, so now, said that. now to have <laughs> Shuri on the cast, I wonder, did that make it so much more fun, or how did it how did it change the dynamic for you?
4: Yeah, no, it was great, and it's so funny because she comes in and she goes, "Did you call for backup?"
1: <laughs> <laughs> I can already hear that line in the trailer.
4: <laughs> exactly, and uh, it's been great. I mean, she comes in like it maybe you know in like eight episode eight or whatever. Um, but yeah, it's just nice not to be the only one in the room. Right. It's nice to have someone that I that I know has my back, you know, and it's been uh it has been fun and every now and then, more now than then, she will look at me and she goes, Girl, what'd you get me into? What the I hell? Know. <laughs> she'll just look at me and she'll go, what the hell? <laughs> was Aspen one of those times? Oh yeah. She had no idea. That was her first trip. And she was like, I can't I just
1: can't. It sounds like that will go down in history, this upcoming oh Aspen trip. Yeah,
4: for sure.
0: <laughs> we'll, we'll leave it at that.
4: My was probably my last.
0: Oh, yeah. my God. And just oh, and with, the ta- with the town of Aspen?
4: <laughs> uh, not, not the town of Aspen, really, but, you know, it was just a lot. I mean, in three days, I, I can't... Um, we did so much.
0: Oh, I see, yeah. of course. You know, it's really a very stuck in those a trips. A lot happened.
1: Yeah. Yes, it's
0: very active. And
4: when is the new season? May 11th? May 11th,
1: yeah. Love it.
0: Yes, baby girl. And the resealable bottles makes them easy to take them on the go. Bubbly Burst has antioxidant and immune support too,
5: keeping us feeling great all day long. Hey,
1: try new Bubbly Burst.
5: Snag a job is where America goes to hire. With the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers
2: On how their improv experience helped them when shooting scenes and what it was like writing scripts for specific actors.
3: You'll also hear from crew members like the costume designers on what it was like creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Hear stories from the show's writer's room, on set antics, and more. Watch Hacks, streaming exclusively on Max, and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts.
0: Hey, it's Bowen, and I want to
3: introduce you to the new
0: Cantina Chicken Menu at Taco Bell. Yes, it's an all-new chicken menu with fresh new ingredients, great as a lunchtime option. Taste for yourself, the slow-roasted chicken, pico de gallo, purple cabbage, and new avocado verde salsa sauce. With new menu options like Cantina Chicken Tacos, burritos, and quesadillas, there's something for everyone. And Taco Bell isn't just for a late night. With this new Cantina Chicken Menu, Menu, the possibilities are, well, endless. Try the new cantina chicken menu at Taco Bell now. Now, I said.
1: All right, so let's transition, Beau. What do you say we ask ourselves the question?
0: I'd love to. Go ahead.
1: Carcel. So here's the thing. Here on Lost Coach, we love to ask this following question. What was the culture that made you say culture was for you? This is that formative thing in the pop culture, lexicon, movies, music, television can be like just something that was in your surroundings that made you, when you look
4: back, you. Oh, for me, it's a couple of things. I think, you know, culture for me started when I I heard R&B music. Mm-hmm. It, 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 my soul i would go visit my my cousins in dorchester massachusetts yes and that's the first time i heard heard r&b and i was like what is that because obviously i heard you know haitian music and compa and salsa and all that stuff but to hear r&b i was like what is that who is singing and it just it was everything to me and then from there i would have to say like tv shows like um Like good times. That was, Mm -hmm. I didn't see us like, you know, on TV. So that was it. And then I would say, I would jump to (laughs) Clueless, Clueless. That was culture. That was culture. Yes. Yes. That was Rich Kids. That was, you know, um, that was, that was big for me. I hate to say that. Though.
1: You know, what's funny. The only, you, you are our second housewife we've had on. And Dr. Wendy Oseffa was the first and she said clueless. No, she she did said not. clueless. She, she did. said clueless. What? Yeah. Yeah. She also wasn't, she's a Nigerian immigrant. And she said that that was like, she had like, especially seeing like Dion. And yes! then she said, yeah.
4: Yes, Dion was everything. Everybody wanted Dion. Mm-hmm. Um, all the girls wanted Dion. Um, let's, <laughs> oh, my God. From there, I would say, would Thelma and Louise be culture? Oh, my God. Absolutely, Would Thelma and Louise
1: be culture? That's
4: when I discovered my husband in my head, Brad Pitt. Uh-huh. And he was jumping on the bed shirtless. Yes. I mean, I think that was the first time that I got moist. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, in many ways, same.
1: <laughs> I, I did things to my body I didn't know were possible. Yeah, it really, it really is such a visceral sex appeal.
0: I like
4: mean, it's... I mean, I mean, I mean.
0: But even now, like I just we just saw him in the Lost City, and
2: oh, I want to see he, that. He
0: but was he's in it. I'm in it for two seconds. You're but, in, but um, it? I'm just just for a, a scene, no, barely. So what? So what? So what? It was good. fun. We we they, we they, I we shot in the DR, and it was lovely. You, it wasn't. It wasn't. It wasn't so Haiti. Haiti. I know, but it was just what a beautiful part of the world. Um, what
4: did you shoot with?
0: I shot with Sandy, with Sandy Bullock, and Ch- and Ch- and your your co-star Channing Tatum. I'm so sorry, Sandy. Yeah, Sandy. <laughs> we're on Sandy terms. <laughs> She's
1: in the phone as Sandy.
0: <laughs> Sandy. Sandy B. But uh, but uh, but then it was also with Channing Tatum. Your oh your co-star. Oh my
4: God, Channing Tatum. Yes. So White House Down. I go to shoot. I'm in the trailer. I come mm. out of the trailer and Channing is walking towards me. I swear to God, it was slow motion. I yeah. <laughs> and I could not believe somebody was that fine.
2: I yeah. could not believe. He's
0: incredibly, incredibly oh, handsome. And amazing. so nice. So, so and wonderful. So nice. Yeah. Really great guy. But I I, th- I think I had that same sensory <laughs> experience too. Where he No, but in terms of like, it felt so like, like that is a movie star. Like the air in the room just like changes.
1: That is a movie I remember the first star. time I saw Channing Tatum in Coach Carter, and I was like, absolutely. Coach Carter, he was he was literally one of the high school, it's like a basketball movie. Um, yeah, and I know
4: the movie, I didn't even realize he was in it.
1: He, it was like, I think the only other thing he had done or was gonna do was like step up, came like maybe right after <sighs> that. And I was like, but who is that? I mean, he mm-hmm. is, he's just so physically perfect. Yeah. that it's that it's jarring. And yeah. yeah, I guess like the only other person on screen that really cut through like that might be like Brad from way back in Thelma uh-huh. Moise. In, in this movie, it's Channing and Brad sort of doing like a
0: few yeah. scenes together, just sharing the frame and you go, where do I look? Yeah. You know, you're like <laughs> these two people who are kind of just like, are, are playing off of each other like physically in a way like one like they both look like each other do you know what i mean
4: right right i can't wait to see i'm gonna watch it this weekend especially anyway. so that you're in it
0: oh thank you thank you brad is like an awakening for so many people i hadn't seen fight club i hadn't seen Thelma and louise I, I came in late on the brad train oh okay but he was eating food he was like eating stepping his face in every scene and i was like he can make that he can make eating look sexy
1: yeah great some people got it i want to ask um so when you said RB music uh, who were your favorite artists
4: Oh my God! Back in the day, for me, it was my first concert was Teddy Pendergrass because my sister. Teddy Pendergrass. Teddy Pendergrass. Um, Everybody from like the Jackson Five to um, Marvin Gaye to I mean, there's so many. And one of this is not R&B. One of my favorite songs is "Stairway to Heaven." (laughs) Oh, (laughs) that's
1: that's a hard left. I I know that's a hard left.
4: (laughs) (laughs) I'm a complex girl.
1: Absolutely.
0: You contain multitudes.
1: Yeah. I similarly, um, like for some reason, like I was, I'm a white kid from Long Island, but I started, I started listening to like exclusively like late nineties R and B. So I looked, I, I was recently home and I found like a CD jacket huh. and it was like Brandy, Monica, Mariah, when she put out the butterfly yeah. album, like Lauren Hill, Miss education of Lauren. Oh, Hill was that huge. was the best
4: album ever, ever.
1: We just had the Grammys and I was like, I, I was, I, I was thinking to myself, like, every that's all oh, that's great work but then where are the formative albums you know what I mean like Miss Education that was like a formative album so when you said r and B, I I just thought of my own like awakening with that
4: but look at how Bruno Mars like how yeah. many awards he won last night that yeah. at the Grammys that you know it goes to show you that there's still people that love because I feel like he's sort of old school R&B he's a throwback you know what
1: I mean? yep.
0: mm-hmm. yeah and and, and John Baptiste too just like absolutely so what what a talented multi-talent. I didn't realize he
1: was doing all that.
4: Um, uh, I didn't either. I <laughs> was blown away and I started following him you know as soon as I finished watching the show and I'm obsessed.
1: Talk about a gorgeous man too. Oh my god. Great. He he is stunning too. And it's so funny because like you see, you forget that these guys are like band leaders on late night shows like Quest Love winning the Oscar, John <laughs> Betsy sweeping the Grammys, and they're literally like on Colbert and Fallon. Just How about that. Killing it every night and I thought to myself like that has to be a demanding around the clock job oh, yeah. I would imagine because you're like musical directing these huge shows and then they also have time to create these brilliant works. Right. I mean just so cool. Bravo, bravo, bravo
4: all around for
1: sure. Absolute. Yeah. Bravo, bravo, bravo all around. Bravo.
4: bravo. <laughs> oh no, I didn't even realize I, no, I- you no, ever bravo, bravo, bravo. I didn't even Oh god, that's funny.
1: <laughs> have you ever done that? Or now uh, it's like, no, you don't, you know, not, not, not to not worked apparently. <laughs> <laughs> How is Denise?
4: Uh, I think she's good. We text, we haven't seen each other. She's good. She's yeah. working. Um, I think she wanted to come back, but I think that door is closed now.
1: Oh, I remember sure. when you went on watch what happens live and said that. I imagine that you have
0: so many concentric circles of friends, but you write about this in a, in, in the book in a way that feels great. Like you have your inner circle of friends that you are confidants with and then there are like oh you call them the front row people yeah and then there's mm, some people them get relegate relegated to the nosebleeds.
4: Yes. <laughs> Sometimes you gotta put them up there if they if they're not living up to their you know front row status. But yeah my front row is everything. Like I don't we don't have to talk every day. But when we need each other we are there and yeah. we know who we are and they uplift, they check you if they need to I mean it's yep. it's what you want in friends. You don't know want friends that are just gonna say yes you're amazing every day. Of course. And that's not real. Yeah. So I in my
0: front row. That's great. I don't I don't take that for granted in my life at all. Like I, I I look around and I go, wow, I'm so lucky to have these people who I get to just yeah. be honest with me. And I, yeah. not 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 everybody necessarily has that.
4: Right. Right. I don't know. You know I, yeah. Especially in this business that we're all in. Mm. You know, you you want to know who's really there for you.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. I think that's also a reason why it's really important to Keep those people that have been with you for a long time like you know i think bowen said this the other day i think we've been friends for 14 years 14 wow. like and I, and I it's it's just so funny because like so life has so many ups and downs and changes but i still feel like i can say anything to bowen and i think he can say anything the to same. me yeah. and i would get nervous if i felt like i couldn't tell my friend
4: right. the truth exactly exactly you know, they may not like it sometimes, but I think that's what being friends is, you know, is supposed about. to be. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. I wanted to ask
1: about like the, the relationship with you and everyone on The Real too, because yeah. the reason why it's my favorite panel show is because it, not to like, oh, really? believe, like you're not just saying that that's amazing. no 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 no, no, I, I, no he means it. I watch it I well I don't watch it live every day but I always go on YouTube and it's always all over my landing page because I really do genuinely think you guys talk about important shit like I, I think that you talk about life things and I love how emotional the panel gets and it feels yeah. it feels like it really walks the walk of being the real because you know I just think everyone on the show is such a star and you have really filled it out in such a great way. Um, But I've been such a fan of Adrian's for so long. I remember the first time I I saw Lani Love on Star Search. I'm not even kidding. I said, she's a star. And when she didn't win, I was like, this show is (laughs) fucked up. Um, And then, you know, Jeannie as well. I'm such a fan. And so not only do I like everyone individually, but it's the chemistry together that is not just handed to, no, to you a know panel. What? it's
4: been so great i mean i had been on the show before yeah um you know promoting whatever it is that i was promoting but it's another thing to see them every day and especially now that we're in person i mean yeah. we can talk i mean sometimes they have to shut us up between commercial breaks so we can come back
2: <laughs> you <Yeah>. know
4: <laughs> the show because we just have although we're all women of color we have so many different like our lifestyles are different Oh, yeah. About and it's really great that there's no judgment you can just say how you feel and we accept it even if we don't agree
1: yeah there's genuine disagreement too without feeling nervous like when i watched the view i actually had to stop because i feel it's nervous too much. like especially when megan was there i would always feel nervous like it, it, yeah. it made me anxious to watch and i didn't need more social anxiety in my life so but when i watched the Real, it's it's offering perspective, and there's real listening happening.
4: Yes, that's a really good point. Thank you for saying that. Thank you. I hope it doesn't go away. What's the story? Do are we? I don't know. It, it started off as a rumor. We haven't heard yet, and we we end at the the end of this month. So you know, hopefully,
0: readers, watch the reel. You got to watch the reel. I feel like it's it's filling this hole that um not to not to invoke this, but I feel like. I feel like you all talk about health, which in a very like honest way that like I think hasn't been talked about since like Oprah. Like I, I feel like Oprah was the was like kind of the last daytime person to like talk about like specifically like women's health in a way that was just like necessary. Yeah. And I feel like the four of you kind of are able to hit on that in a very honest way. And the four of you are very open about what each person is going through.
4: No, I love that too. And I feel like we can also talk about our community better than anybody else because yeah. we're all living it, which is really great. So I do love that. I I love that we talk about mental health. We talk about women's issues. We talk about everything, and we have fun doing it. The, today, actually, when I left, Lonnie had switched her wig around, and she was, <laughs> it was ridiculous. It was hilarious. <laughs>
0: God, Lonnie is just one of the funniest people. She's, She's got really it. She's
3: and funny. and
0: and not to, not to bring up my own work again, but I do remember one of the first like people to compliment me on the iceberg. Yeah, was Lonnie I admired? Was, was Lonnie? Funny? Lonnie Lonnie tweeted it like was just shouting it from the rooftops on Twitter just being like that was Bowen
1: Yang wow and I was like Lonnie Lonnie Love just saw that oh my god like I just I freaked out I think I was the first to screenshot that and send it to you because yes peek behind the curtain I was actually sitting here on this couch recovering from a Rhinoplasty that I needed to have. <laughs> so I'm like literally, it's not, it wasn't enough that I didn't get it. Was it. Not I not like a full face bandage watching Bowen Slay on television. Oh and I was just God. like, I'm so proud. I can't even cry or smile or laugh because it would hurt. That's but um so but I then went on Twitter just to see what everyone was saying, and Lonnie Love had popped all the way off about the iceberg. It was so
4: good. It was so good, but she's so <laughs> good about supporting people like that. She Love loved that. Good. That's important. Yeah.
0: I can, I can, we can totally tell that she's just like, she's she's real. She's, yeah. she's on the real. Yeah. yeah. There's a new sparkling water beverage from the makers of Bubbly, Bubbly
1: Burst. Refreshing bubbles, colorful bottles, and playful smiles galore.
0: Bubbly comes in a variety of six fun flavors that taste incredible and with no added sugar and low calories, there's a lot to smile about.
1: Each sip adds a burst of fun to your day.
0: I don't know about you, Matt, but it's my perfect beverage for catching up on all my favorite shows with. Yes, baby girl. And the resealable bottles makes them easy to take them on the go. Bubbly Burst has antioxidant and immune support, too,
5: keeping us feeling great all day long. Hey, try new Bubbly Burst. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring.
2: On how their improv experience helped them when shooting scenes and what it was like writing scripts for specific actors.
3: You'll also hear from crew members like the costume designers on what it was like creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Hear stories from the show's writer's room, on set antics, and more. Watch Hacks, streaming exclusively on Max, and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts.
0: Hey, it's Bowen, and I wanna introduce you to the new Cantina Chicken Menu at Taco Bell. Yes, it's an all new chicken menu with fresh new ingredients. Great as a lunchtime option. Taste for yourself. The slow roasted chicken, pico de gallo, purple cabbage, and new avocado verde salsa sauce. With new menu options like cantina chicken tacos, burritos, and quesadillas, there's something for everyone. And Taco Bell isn't just for a late night. With this new cantina chicken menu, the possibilities are, well, endless. Try the new cantina chicken menu at Taco Bell now. Now, I said.
1: Shall we uh, move to I don't think so, honey? Let's do yeah. it. Let's do it. Okay, so this is sort of, you're never going to believe this, but an iconic segment of the podcast where we take 60 seconds to absolutely rant, drag, rave about a particular subject in pop culture that, you know, deserves it. And unfortunately, um, that time is now, so... It's, Sorry in advance to the topics that we discuss. We, iconically, did not do a topical episode last week. We had a banked episode, so we did not get to touch on what might be one of the biggest pop culture events in recent history. And I uh, have, have an I don't think so, honey, that may disappoint our readers even more because um, I'm going to talk about the evening, but not that.
0: I see. Okay, this is, this is perfect prefacing. This is Matt Rogers' <laughs> I don't think so, honey. This time starts now.
1: I don't think so, honey. People dragging Amy Schumer for that bit with Kirsten Dunst and Jesse Clemens. Oh. So she asked Kirsten Dunst to get up because she thought she was a seat filler so she could f- f- like, flirt with Jesse Clemens. And people on Twitter actually thought she was being disrespectful to Kirsten Dunst. No. You guys, I don't think so, honey. It's called humor. It's called jokes. I understand we had all just been through a shared <laughs> traumatic moment watching what happened unfold, but we can't lose our sense of humor. Amy Schumer is the host of the show. Everything she does on camera is a planned bit. There are no moments of riffing. Well, as you know, that's probably not true, but with the host, that's not how it works. I don't think so, honey. Also, people are not giving Kirsten Dunst the credit. Just because she played that expertly and made you think she was annoyed... Doesn't mean she wasn't in on it. She's an amazing actress. And yet again, Five Kirsten seconds. Dunst perfectly underplaying something and not getting the credit for it. I don't think so, honey. Readers do better. And that's one minute. If Because if we don't know, that's not a bit. We don't deserve to watch TV.
4: Right. Come knows on. Who Kirsten Dunst is. Come on. <laughs> who doesn't? who doesn't who doesn't she
1: had to like get on twitter and be like guys i knew it was kirsten dunst it was a bitch she was in on like i would never disrespect the queen like that like come on come on come
0: on she's she's the damn host it's gonna be produced like there have been meetings about every single thing she's gonna do on that show
4: knows who's sitting in what seats they have the whole seating chart and the whole thing
1: yeah.
0: yeah,
4: yeah,
1: and then when she said to Jesse, "I'm such a fan of your work," just like she's like, "Who are you here with?" and he was like, "My wife," and and she was like, "You're married to that seed filler?" I just <laughs> thought the whole thing was great, and then to go online and have people ruin it by wasting their breath with their takes about how it was disrespectful. I think people have too many takes. That's my note for the Oscars of it all: is too many takes. Everyone needs to just. Relax.
0: Relax. Relax. You know what I think it was that you know the the critical mass of like the the slap discourse had been reached, yeah, and then I think people yeah. were looking for other things yeah, to like talk
4: point. about. Yeah, that's a good point.
1: That might have been it. Yeah, yeah, it hit the ceiling, and they were like, "What do I do with all this energy?" Oh and the exactly. answer was, "Be what else happened reckless with it." Um. Okay, so that's one to chew on for everyone at home. Bo and Yang, do you have it prepared? I don't think so, honey. Um. I do. I do. I'd love to hear that. One of my favorite things to hear. All right, Bowen, Yang, this is your, I don't think so, honey, your time starts now.
0: I don't think so, honey. Jared Leto being still the worst co-worker in Hollywood. <laughs> there are these stories coming out now about him on the Morbius set taking 20 minutes to pee, or not even 20 minutes, but more than 20 minutes, having to be wheeled out in a wheelchair. It has nothing to do with his character. His character is not in a wheelchair in this movie, or is not physically you know, incapable of walking himself to the restroom. This is another sort of pseudo method bullshit thing that he's putting his entire set through. And now there's reports of him aspiring to be a (laughs) pedophile, to play a pedophile, and then going method with that. Honey, how? do you think that's going to go? How do you think that's going to go? Jared Leto, we've got to end this. You're a 50-year-old man. Have (laughs) some respect for yourself. Have some respect for your coworkers. You, you do not stand with IATSE, you do not stand with SAG, you do not stand Five with DGA, seconds. you're an anti-union man if you are literally running the clock and making people's days worse.
1: And that's one minute, when I heard Anne Hathaway say she felt like she had never even met him until the red right? carpet. How about
4: that? I was, oh, how about that? They probably were together for four months.
1: Have you months. ever had a co-star that was Method, Garcelle?
4: No, not really, I don't think so. Oh, no, 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 no. I had this one actor who I said I will never work with again. Uh-huh. He was so difficult. He would Uh-oh. send notes in the middle of the <gasps> night to myself and the director about how he saw the scene. At one point, his character had to cook my character breakfast. He wanted six different knives because the knives that they brought were not good enough. And I was just like, just act like you're cooking breakfast. Like, <laughs> yeah.
0: Really, you're cooking breakfast, oh
4: my like, God. Was absurd. We all had, you know, our own parking uh, spots and he would come in with his fancy car and he'd go, I'm worried about my car here. Well, everybody else's car is here.
2: That is not my own thing, but it shouldn't be.
1: No, but but I I had to ask because you really have worked with so many. And when I say of the greats, that means that, you know, some of them are going to be insane.
0: Crazy, (laughs) crazy, (laughs) crazy.
4: Um, Oh, my God. Okay.
0: Have you, have you, have you ever gotten fully method or not fully method, but just like kind of like dip your your toe in it? What's your process like?
4: It depends on if if it's a dark character or someplace I have to go like really deep. That's, you know, that I want to be safe with. I will then zone out, no phone, stay in my trailer, get in the zone, whether it's music or whatever. And then I'll walk out and I'll do it. And I won't want to sort of break character while the director's giving notes or while they're, you know, just so that I can stay in the zone.
0: Sure. Right. I think you played you played a pretty villainous person in this in this short film that you and Lisa produced.
4: Yes. Lalo's House. Yeah, that was deep. That was um, based on a true story of these two little girls that get kidnapped and uh, they wake up and they're at a in a convent and the convent is being run as a sex trafficking ring. So I mm. believe that lead nun who is in jail right now in Haiti, wow. but I mean, it's a global issue. It's not just a Haiti issue, but we saw
0: yeah. Wow. That must yeah. be really interesting. that
4: was that was really
1: great to hear about that, and also great to hear about the acclaim that it received. Yeah, it and the incredible. director doing so well after it. That's totally. That's totally. That had to be very gratifying. Yeah. To be a part. It of. was actually, but not as gratifying as completing it. I don't think so, honey. Uh, now, okay. Garcelle, do you have a topic in mind?
4: <laughs> I do. Okay.
1: okay. In that Wonderful. case, this is Garcelle's. I don't think, so, Honey Her time starts now.
4: Okay so honey cancel culture oh get a fucking grip (laughs) we are human we make mistakes we're we're gonna do stupid things give us educate us don't cancel us it's stupid we're human there you
0: go yes
4: everybody please lighten up laugh with them cheer them Mm -hmm. on cheer them on all they want to do is make you laugh stop taking everything so personally don't hit anybody (laughs) I'm so sick of it. The cancel culture. We're allowed to make mistakes. Who is the police? The cancel police. It's insane. I will mm. not have it. Give me a time. <laughs> I feel like I'm running out of speed. 15, 15 seconds. seconds. Okay, so stop canceling people. We are all human beings. You've made mistakes. I've made mistakes. We're still going to continue making mistakes. Let's mm. love one another. Let's show yeah. some grace. And Five if seconds. you can't take it, get out of the room. Stop following the person you're sick of.
0: And that's one minute. That's one minute. There's this. I, there's. I mean, at this point, we've reached a place where, like, there's no nuance when anyone talks about, like, you know, like wrongdoing. It's, 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 it's so. It's hard. And like, oh my gosh, especially after the Oscars, it's like there's no way in for anybody anymore. No, to to even like have a shared reality or, or shared like sense of like what, what even happened.
4: Yeah, it's just I think we all need to lighten up. Not uh-huh. everything is racist. Not everything is, um, you know, uh, controversial. Let's just laugh a little bit. You know, let's have some fun. You
1: yeah. know, uh, I would say recently, um, like when Jane Campion made her comment about Venus and Serena and the internet really went in on her that yes. day, I kind of felt like I that and, and it's always I always feel nervous saying this because I'm aware that I'm a white man and so I shouldn't speak for necessarily or like weigh in on how these black women are to feel about how that was said. But to me that felt like a bad joke or an attempt at That's humor so by someone someone who wasn't funny trying to make a joke. And right. I was and and I think, you know, because the subjects of the joke were Venus and Serena, people obviously feel very protective over them and they jump to these certain conclusions. And also, you know, if there's a world where they're correct, but also there's a world where they're not. And it almost feels like in that instance, right. and, then, and then with everything that happened with Will Smith, I keep thinking, because in the days that followed the slap, mm-hmm. I kept feeling worse and worse about it. And I realized the reason I kept feeling worse and worse about it was the discourse
4: kept kind of, I sinking, know. you know i know and i feel like i agree with you with jane champion first of all just think about it this woman just won a big award she got up there she's not a comedian yeah she, told her, she tried to tell a joke and she met well you no know, i think she was just saying like we're strong we're going up against men i go up against men all the time
0: mm-hmm.
4: the girls don't go up against men as tennis players exactly they go up against men maybe in business so it's just everybody is so uptight and nitpicking at everything yeah. And
0: we and, and and Matt and I can say because we were at the Critics Choice Awards where, we that, were. where that happened. Oh, we all were. parties, all all parties involved at the after party were twirling. we twirling. No one was bothered. Just ha- having a blast. What?
1: like we we saw all parties involved truly getting their life at the netflix after party and then you go online and everyone was so upset for them and at them and it was like wait have you actually considered how this person actually feels about it or Mm. are we just assigning them a response an emotional response
4: the nerves maybe she was nervous she just won like yeah it was just it was just a bad joke
1: yeah
0: it didn't Do
4: you know what i mean she's not a comedian that's not what she does
0: right there you go agreed well this was truly such a pleasure and garcelle thank you so much for gracing us with your presence on our humble podcast
4: i'm so happy to i was so happy you guys are fantastic and i have a quick favor before we wrap but i'll let you yes yes
1: well, I was just going to mention I would be I would be remiss if I didn't remind everyone at home that "Love Me as I Am" Garcelle's this incredible book is out on April twelfth. You can pre-order it now. I think we're putting the episode out so that we can say we had you first before okay, you start hitting the circuit. Um, but <laughs> we have read it. We loved it. There's lots of you know you know you really um, you've been through so much and risen. Above so much, and you've got a lot of really great um, nuggets in here and stuff that I would write down next to Brene Brown's (laughs) shit any (laughs) day, Garcelle.
5: (laughs) (laughs) And Housewives of Beverly
1: Hills is back on May eleventh. Very exciting, and much more to come. I guess. Anything else you want to let people know about? Much more to come.
4: Much Much more to more to come.
1: Yeah.
0: We end every episode with a song.
1: We end every episode with a song. What's the song tonight? We we always decide in the moment. Oh. Girl, yeah, you better
5: watch out. Some guys, some, guys, some
1: guys are, guys only, are only, only about that, that thing, thing. That thing. That thing. That thing. That thing. thing, thing that thing, that, thing, that, thing, that thing. thing. So listen to that. I love it. You can go copy the album Miseducation of Warren Hill, released in 1999, and it's in stores now, if there are still record stores. Bye! Bye! There's a new sparkling water beverage from the makers of Bubbly, Bubbly Burst. It's
0: bursting with fruit flavor, no added sugar, and all smiles.
1: Bubbly comes in a variety of six fun flavors that taste incredible, and with no added sugar and low calories, there's a lot to smile about.
0: I don't know about you, Matt, but it's my perfect beverage for catching up on my favorite shows with.
1: Yes, Lil Bowen. Bubbly Burst has antioxidant and immune support, keeping me feeling great all day long. You deserve that. Cause try new Bubbly Burst. You know that I feel like it's really important to express yourself.
0: I know that about you.
1: You gotta put your true self out there, okay? And those classic Crocs
0: clogs and sandals let you do just that. Between the rainbow of colors and the gibbets charms, you can create a unique look. And I mean, literally, no one else will have shoes exactly like yours.
1: Hey, you know, it doesn't get more comfortable than Crocs clogs and sandals. They're just the perfect blend of comfort
0: perspective. Some say Titanic is the best gay nightclub in the city. And
1: those people are me and me. So set sail with this cookie, crazy off-Broadway hit and get tickets today at titanicmusical.com. Get tickets today
0: at titanicmusical.com.